Hey NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA. These guys are our presenting sponsors for yet another year. And they're NAIA-made players, fans, and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online shipping, and helping your customers if they have questions so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com and adcraftwebstores.com. Hey, NEI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe. I have John Cooper with me this week on the NAIF Ball podcast. And we have, again, I say it every week, it's a special treat. We love sitting down with these coaches. We have Indiana Wesleyan head coach Jordan Langs. Coach, how are you doing this evening? Well, I'm doing great. Enjoying some uh, some cold weather and some family time before our players come back next week. And so uh, just kind of getting recharged. Do you actually enjoy the cold weather? Nah, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> outside of, uh, I mean, I enjoy the seasons and the change of seasons. And outside of getting out in the, the tree stand a few times over, uh, Christmas break. Besides that, I could as soon as Christmas turns, I'm looking forward to golf season. I hear that. So, coach, let's let's take a look at the year that that was uh, Indiana Wesleyan. So y'all be entering your fifth season in 2022. So this is your first season with a full, uh, almost a full roster here. You, you know, four seasons. Uh, you, you've got your first real crop of seniors and you continue your growth um you know we talked a couple years ago when we had you on about the gauntlet and making it through the gauntlet well y'all made it through the gauntlet relatively unscathed with only a seven point loss at concordia talk about the growth that you've seen in your team over the last few years yeah i mean it's been uh it's been good i'm really proud of what what we've kind of gotten to um you know, when you did talk to us, it feels like a long time ago now at this point, but it's been, it's been fun to see it kind of all just come to fruition. You know, when we, when we first got here, all we really had to build off of was a vision and a culture, a vision for a culture, and then you know, a pile of dirt into what the stadium is going to look like. And now all that's kind of come to fruition. And I'm really proud to say that with the senior class coming through and we've had great, a great coaching staff over the last few years. And, um, you know, we, Winning is a byproduct, I think, of, of a vision kind of seen and kind of coming to fruition and support. And, um, so really proud of the season we had, and um, it's, it is cool, and, and I'm really proud of the work that our coaching staff and our players have done to get us here. Coach, I just want to talk about two main things tonight. Uh, one, you know, we just talked about the gauntlet right there, but first time in season history you guys swept Marion and St. Francis which has been, you know, the big figureheads, you know, historically through this division. And you guys beat St. Francis, but then you crushed Marion, which these are two nearby schools. Can you just talk about just how big of a deal it was to your program, your players, just the culture there? Yeah, uh, a big deal for us because of how much you respect those, those programs. Um, and both those coaches, Coach Henninger and Coach Donnelly, have been very, very good and gracious to myself as – as a young coach who stepped into the the conference just a few years ago. And we have a lot of respect for them and, and beating teams like that are, 
it is important to us because as soon as we started the program, immediately, you know, it doesn't matter how well you did in the first few years, you know, the fan base wants to know when are you going to be ready to play well versus Marion and when are you going to be ready to play well versus St. Francis. And that it was fun to be able to have those things come to fruition. Um, I, I think, you know, versus Marion, uh, our guys played extremely well in all three phases. And um, I'm not sure we were, you know, how, whatever the score is, I'm not sure we were quite that much better than them. But, 41 to seven is um, pretty impressive. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a good win. Um, and then at St. Francis, the way we won was really dramatic. We didn't play particularly well, but to win on a last second field goal, um, was uh, was something we'll never forget. Those games always seem to come down to field goals. Whether it, it doesn't matter whether it's Marion, St. Francis, Concordia, y'all, all of those games in inside of the the that four team, even Siena Heights, they all seem to always come down to field goals or blocked field goals. It's always yeah. something, always something special. Teams, uh, you, you've been gracious enough to to agree to talk a little bit about the abbreviated postseason that Indiana Wesleyan had. I know we were really looking forward to seeing the the Wesleyan war, as I think we had deemed it at that point. <laughs> um, but in as much as you can say, you know, we would be uh, not doing our, our job completely if we didn't ask what, what happened there. Yeah, um, really uh, disappointing in a lot of ways. Uh, what ultimately would happen, I'll give you the, the Reader's Digest version. We had a, a young man who was enrolled in our, our graduate school, which is a, an online, one of our online graduate um, programs. He wasn't engaged in class at a certain point like he should have been. He was administratively withdrawn um, by the, the online graduate program. And when he was withdrawn from those programs, neither myself, our coaching staff, nor the athletic department, they were not notified. Um, so unfortunately, there's a completely uh, a complete breakdown in the university's communication system that inadvertently and completely avoidably, uh, we ended up playing a player in two games that was we had no idea was ineligible. But as they went back and reviewed it, they deemed him ineligible. Um, and to be honest, I, I we found out I found out less or about 48 hours before we played Kansas Wesleyan. Um, and it was probably one of the saddest, um, darkest days that I've ever had personally. And it was the, by far the saddest, darkest day we've ever had in this football program. And it may be that this the saddest, darkest day this football program ever sees. Um, there was so much hurt. There was so much emotion. Um, there was so much confusion and, and something that could have been avoided. And I think that's what's really, that's what's probably the most frustrating. And if you were around our program and if you, if you, you know, were inside our building, you would see how seriously we take, not just our academics, but how seriously we take our eligibility. And, and it's, it's something we, we are, we make sure every D or uh, T is crossed and every I is dotted. And this situation was kind of outside of our realm of control. We had no idea about it and it would have been avoidable if there wasn't a breakdown in the system. And unfortunately, because there was a breakdown in the system, there's, you know, 139 players and 10 coaches and a team that was ranked number five in the country had to had to pay the price for it. And uh, it was really disappointing. It still is. Um, it's probably not something that I'll ever completely heal. But 
um, don't really have much of a choice but to set your chin and move forward. Yeah, so, you know, Coach, with uh, with that instance happen, you know, you're coming off still, regardless of that happening, you're coming off the best season in school history. Uh, you know, we talked before we got rolling that your guys are coming in this week. Um, you know, one, you know, how much hunger is left in your guys, you think, with that happening? And two, what is your off season going to look like for the months of January and February? Yeah, I mean, I think it there's there's probably a, a deeper hunger than I could probably even put my finger on right now. Um, you know, we meet, I meet personally one-on-one with every single one of our players before they go home for break. And um, it doesn't matter if a kid has been there for three months and he's a freshman or if a kid's been there for five years, everyone is hungry um, to see our football program succeed. And for a lot of them, they're hurting and they're still hurting and they're still raw from it. And they, they want it. They want to, do right by it and I think the disappointing piece is because of how good our conference is and the MSFA East specifically if you go through that thing and you finish nine and one and you're co-champs man you feel like you've earned your chance to to play in that postseason um you know in the NAI only 16 teams are in so every team has earned its its way there but when you come out of the MSFA East and and have the highest seed and earn the automatic I mean you really feel like you you really deserve a chance to show it. And, and I think our kids felt that, especially those kids who have been here since the beginning. You know, we have four fifth and fifth year seniors who have, have put everything, their whole the last five years into it. And it was disappointing for them not to kind of reap the, the fruits of that. And we have players that are leaving and graduating who are great players who aren't going to get to taste that. That's really disappointing. So that's going to drive us. There's no doubt. Um, but the thing for us is, there's no better driving factor than knowing that you've got to line up, line up against the MSFA East, you know, seven times next year. So we, we want to be a playoff team. We want to, we want to make playoff runs. It's really important to us, but none of that can come unless we're prepared to play great football against our conference opponents, uh, which is important to us. So we're excited for January, February, we're going to train our tails off. Um, and, you know, because of COVID over the last couple of years, this is our first true off season training we've had. Um, for really most of the kids in our program. So we're excited to see what we can do with that. And, you know, Coach Clark, our, our defensive coordinator, runs our strength conditioning. It does it at a very high level. And um, I'm excited to see our kids kind of go through the next few months. And I think we can get uh, a lot better because of it. So, Coach, you had a really good season offensively. Uh, Devodney Alford was one of my favorite players to watch week in, week out. Um, you know, just – both running the ball and catching the ball, he was such a weapon, but he's going to be gone for y'all, along with Braden Smith on the outside. You do have some offensive linemen coming back. You've still got Xander Stokes coming back and an all-conference, first-team all-conference wide receiver and Jacques Carter coming back. Talk to me about what we can expect from your offense in 22. Yeah, I, mean, I think we can take a big step. I think, you know, replacing uh, – you know, we'll have to replace uh, Caleb Rufner, who's been a and DC Mickey at offensive line, who have been four-year starters for us. Um, so it's time for some new guys, to, a couple guys to step in there. Got to find a, a guy to replace running the ball, which we have a stable of guys we're excited about. We, I expect a, a big growth, a big step from Xander Stokes at our quarterback position. I think he's obviously a first-team all-conference player, but he's really scratching the surface of what he can become as a as a quarterback and. Um, yeah, bring back Jack. We've actually got a bunch of young wideouts that I'm really excited about. Um, so we, we really feel like, you know, there's what we, we see us losing three or four starters on offense and 
but I think we're ready to kind of reload that. And uh, we want to continue to be a team who controls the line of scrimmage and is really efficient when we drop back to throw the ball. So, um, and, and just play extremely hard discipline. So we're, I'm excited about where the offense is headed. I'm excited for a little bit of young blood to, to kind of show up and, and kind of push us forward too. You really did push the ball down the field uh, a lot in 21. Xander Stokes had 9.3 yards per attempt, which you're pushing 10 there. That's always that's always a, a good feeling uh, for an offense for an offense there. Um, but talk about your offensive line. You said you have uh, Caleb Rufner and DC Mickey that are leaving. You're bringing back Ben Farrell and Luke Watson. Um, all four of those were all conference selections. Um, how much? How much next man up is an offensive is an offensive line? Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, offensive line is is as I see it, one of the very most important position groups you can have on a football team. Um, you can't really cover those. Like, there's no way to cover those guys up, you know. And and I think it's important. We have a we have an elite offensive line coach in Brett Atkins. Um, and we've had, we have a few guys who are going to be seniors um, that have been varsity players for us that have never been regular starters. Oh, and Natasha and Lucas Doyle um, and some guys like that. And that are, it's their time. Um, and they're, they've been in the, they've kind of been in the background and we need those guys to step up and play really good football for us. And uh, we have a young kid, uh, Will Angel, who I think uh, is, has the potential to be a very good player. We, we've got guys that uh, we're, we're excited about, and it's important. Um, we, we want we want to play great offensive line, play with a great offensive line, and there's a few guys who it's it's kind of their time as they've been waiting in the wings. Coach, you know, with recruiting season fixing the heat up for the NAIA programs, um, what I really love about Indiana Wesleyan, not only your facilities that we guys we get to feature every offseason, I feel like, uh, but the fact that you guys have a watch ESPN set up, contract, whatever you want to call it. Uh, how big of a deal is that for not only, you know, the recruits that come and visit you guys, that you can tell them that, um, you know, that's not hard to watch our games. You don't have to funnel with, you know, a, a funky website. You just go right to the source. And then you're just your kids, just, you know, the, the kid that, you know, might live in Florida where we're at, his parents are easily being able to watch them. How big of a deal is it just to be out and watch ESPN? Yeah, I think it's a really cool deal. Um, and it's, it's to be honest, the biggest draw is exactly what you said. It's the ease of access. Just really be able to pop it in and watch it, right? I mean, it doesn't matter where, where you're in the country. It doesn't matter what device you're using. You'll be able to pull up to watch ESPN app and watch our football games and see Indiana Wesleyan on there, um, which is really neat. And uh, it's something we don't take for granted. We enjoy it, and, and it really allows us to have a high quality of, uh, of just a watching experience on Saturdays. Yeah, so last question for me, Coach, and I'm going to let Corey wrap it up. Um, you know, we, we got to watch you guys beat Valparaiso the first game of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a math teacher in my day job. And, you know, there's a little transitive property there, Coach. I don't even know if you realized it. But <laughs> there, was, there was enough, you know, with that win over Valparaiso – you guys are better than Alabama, direct line there. No. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, transitive property doesn't lie in my classroom, Coach. But yeah, anyways, yeah. here's my question before we get all on that. I'll save that for social media. Uh, what, um, you know, are you guys going to foresee those money FCS games? I know the going against finding pioneer teams that are FCS is huge for NAI teams. Are you guys going to try to uh, pursue that in the future still? Or 
Yeah, we've got we're 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 three more years locked in with Valparaiso. Awesome. So we've got them for three more. We're back up to their place, and it's essentially a home and home for two rounds of it. So we're up at their place in in twenty two, and then vice versa, back and forth all the way through twenty four. So we're really excited about them. We enjoyed playing them. We have a lot of respect for their program. Uh, I appreciate the way Coach Fox goes about his business. It's, um, and we enjoyed playing against them. So we're excited to head up to, to Valparaiso there in the region and, um, and get that experience coming up in, you know, next September. Crap, I think after that first game, they might not be so excited to play y'all. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're, they're, they've, gotten, they're, they're, they've gotten a lot better over the last couple of years, and they're going to keep getting better. So we better make sure we have our big boy pants on for it. Always. Defensively, you've got uh, Isaac Abeo and Gardy Paul uh, coming back for you, as well as three all-conference selections in the defensive backfield. Just talk to me real quick about uh, your, your defense and continuing to play good defense in what is a defensive-heavy league. Yeah, it's very true. Um, you know, we're really excited about what we have coming back defensively. And, um, you know, our, our front four really played at a high level. Our back four played at a high level. Um, and that that was that was really cool to see uh, we you know we're, we graduate uh, two all-conference linebackers um, and I think that's going to be the big question mark we've got some really talented young guys who are hungry to try to earn those spots and that's going to be a big big point of emphasis for us Clayton Mosier was, an, was a, a true freshman who ended up starting over half of our games at the Sam linebacker nickel spot which is very hard to do in our defense in our league so we're excited about where his trajectory is and the outside but our two box positions are open, and uh, we have some we have some returning older guys who'll be fighting for that. We have some young guys who'll be fighting for that, and that competition will be will be very key to our our uh, our defensive success. But we continue to expect to play good defense. Our, we we've done that in our program for a long time, and um, you know we want to be a team that's complete and plays complementary football and offense, defense, and special teams, and um, and, and uh, the way our defense has been playing has been a big part of that. Absolutely. You talk about special teams. I don't, I don't talk about kickers very often. John, know, John, John knows I don't talk about kickers very often. But Ben Von Gutten, who is leaving the program, there's not many punters in the NAI that are going over 40 on the average. There's a few. There's not a ton. Um, yeah. So when, when I saw that average, I went, ooh, I might have to talk about the punter tonight. Um, yeah, but I know that's that's a weapon that you're. I know you'll have to replace. One question for me that that I'm kind of trying to ask everyone, and honestly, I think Indiana Wesleyan does as good a job at this as anyone. So I'm really interested to hear um, your perspective on this. Is is how do you and the Indiana Wesleyan athletic department engage and build a program support base? I mean, it's. It's evident that you've got some programmatic base um, there uh, within the athletic department. Um, so how do how do y'all work work with that to to get these these beautiful facilities and and to grow your um, base in your um, boosters? Yeah, I mean for us it, we're we're kind of it's an interesting challenge because we're obviously brand new, and the administration did a great job. Mr. Uh, Mark DeMichael, who was our AD at the time, and then Dr. Keith Newman, who was our chancellor at the time, and then and then Dr. President Wright. Uh, when they started it in 2016, they said, hey, let, well, let's do it right the first time. 
right? Like, let's, let's really get into a well the first time. So they gave us what we needed right away from a facilities perspective. Beyond that, that's a great momentum builder. The tough part about building your base from a booster's perspective, we're just starting to get alumni. We don't have football alums out there. We don't have 50 years worth of football alums to, to continue to add booster support to. So we've got to do it organically through some of our parents. We've got to do it through as these, as these players are just starting to graduate in the last year or two. And those guys aren't ready to really be great supporters yet. And I know they will be down the road. So we did a good job as a program of really coming out hot out the gate to make sure we had some some good foundation in terms of uh, support. But then as the years to come, the challenge would be how do we continue to harvest that support, even with a, you know, a pretty small football alumni base as we continue to have that grow. And I, I suspect, you know, in the next decade or so, that it'll get a lot better as we have more and more football alums out into this world and making the money and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, we are very blessed to have the, the support we have here. Um, and uh, the best thing that we can, we did is that when we started it, the, the administration was um, was committed to quote unquote starting it the right way and, and not cutting a lot of corners as we got it done and we still get to reap those benefits. One thing that we were looking at today um, as we are prepping uh, is is one thing in y'all's corner is I, I haven't looked at every NAI school, but in the ones I've looked at, Indiana Wesleyan has the largest enrollment of any NAI school I think I've ever seen with thirteen thousand. That's that's got to help a little bit in in terms of of that yeah that's a little bit skewed because only 2300 of those are here on campus the rest of those are uh the 10 or 11,000 are the uh what they call the national and global side all the uh, satellite campuses across the country and all the online presence so that is that's not necessarily what we have behind us in some ways but it is cool because your reach is a little bit farther you know you you, you can drive through lexington to kentucky and there'll be a Indiana Wesleyan building or Columbus, Ohio or Chicago or um, so that is kind of a cool piece of it. Well, coach, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in, in the gauntlet that is yet to come. And uh, we really do look forward to seeing what Indiana Wesleyan has in front of it. It's definitely a program that's had an upward trajectory. Thanks guys. I appreciate your support and your encouragement and uh, looking forward to a good, good off season. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast powered by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay and Turf Nation for their support of the NAIF Ball Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that allows you to leave a rating and review. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash ball and become a patron. We can't do what we do without support from our sponsors and listeners like you.